we are going to be in this four-week series, I Want to Believe But, and I, I, I'm really excited about what we're going to be doing and what we're going to be sharing with this, because I think that this is something that's going to touch a lot of people that really struggle at times with really believing God and believing that God's there and believing that God cares, and so we're going to be taking a look at that. But before I get any further into that, we have some people from Crosspoint that are on their way to the Dominican Republic right now, and they're on their way for a mission project, and so I just want us as a church collectively to pray for them at this time, so let's do that. God, thank you for those that are willing to go, and and they've given of their resource of time. They've given of their resource financially for them to be able to go and be part of of this life-changing experience, God, where they get to go in and help a family and and build a home from the ground up and just give them the keys. And I pray for that family that's receiving that home, that they would receive that in your name and your love. And I pray for the local church that gets to partner with that family. And I pray that you would use this, this incredible act of generosity as a way to show your unfailing love to this family and to, to the neighbors there. And, and God, that you would just transform lives. Keep them safe and bring them back safely. Jesus, it's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, I'm 51 years old, and, and I grew up with a big problem. And maybe you can relate. But the problem that I grew up with was that if I wanted to watch something on TV, I had to plan ahead. That, that I had to actually know When is that show coming on? And not only did I have to do that, I had to reserve the television so that I had to reserve it before my sister would reserve it so that we could know who was it that was allowed to have the TV. I even had to reserve my seat. If I stepped away, I had to have seat back privileges, you know, and come back. And so that, that was my big dilemma is as I was growing up, I'm not, and I've just had a hard time at times because I couldn't always be there and I might miss the very beginning of an episode of something I really wanted to watch because, see, there was no time shifting. There was no pause button. And so you, you had to deal with this. And, and then every once in a while, this was a real problem. Some of you guys can relate. Well, every once in a while, your regular show that you wanted to watch They would also, on another network, that they would take and they would put a two-hour special movie on that looks so good. And you were having to choose between, well, which one am I going to watch? Because I I really want to watch my regular show, but I also want to watch that movie. And it, it was such a dilemma. It was so difficult to know what is it that you're going to do. And then every time the new season of television came around, sometimes there would be two shows you'd be going, I think I'd be interested in both of them, but turns out they're on the same time. And you had to make a choice. And it was difficult. It was a real dilemma growing up watching TV, wasn't it? So some of you guys can relate, but, but a little over 20 years ago, something happened that, that radically changed my life. I got a TiVo. And, and, and over 20 years ago, I went on record of telling people this. Jesus and TiVo changed my life. I would say this. I said it all the time. Jesus and TiVo changed my life. Now, just to be clear, Jesus changed it a whole lot more for a whole lot better reasons, right? Just to be clear. But, but TiVo, it did. It, it forever changed my life in the way that I would watch TV because it was so cool. Because you could just take and you with that remote, you just push the button once and now, ooh, that show's going to record and you just know what's going to happen. Push that record button again, and now that series is going to record indefinitely. And TiVo was even smart enough to know when it's a rerun, and so it wouldn't bother to record the reruns. I mean, it was so cool. But not only that, it could record more than one channel at a time. 
And so you had the ability to watch multiple things later on. And that you could just come in there and you could watch it whenever you wanted, however you wanted to watch it. Because before TiVo came along, and I'm just watching my show, and, and, and if I either had to go to the bathroom, or if I wanted a snack, or I had a, something that my parents were calling me and asking me to do, the, the only thing that, that was really good about watching it live was that they had these things called activity breaks. And so the show would be playing, and then they would take an activity break, and they'd start advertising some other things so that you could go do whatever you wanted to do, but you had to quickly come back in order for the show to get back started so you didn't miss anything. But with TiVo, all of that changed. It changed everything, and it changed the way that we started all watching TV. My kids, they don't know what it's like or how I grew up. Because they've always been able to have on-demand viewership. That that's what we started to call this thing because we could have TV our way. That we would just record it and then it was on-demand whenever we wanted to watch it. And then we started seeing services like Netflix and, and Hulu. And, and this thing, it introduced us something that we didn't even know existed. Binge-watching. <laughs> where, where we could just watch and watch and watch. I remember one summer... One of my favorite television shows of all time is 24. And I remember Cheryl and I, one summer, we watched an entire season in a week. Just boom, just watching that thing. See, it, it revolutionized things. And, and, and then we started seeing a shift in our culture that it wasn't just our, our entertainment that we were able to have on demand. Now we started seeing this, this company called Amazon that introduced this thing called Amazon Prime. And in two days, you could order it and boom, it would show up on your doorstep. You would never have to leave your house and it would just come to you. And then Amazon started figuring out, you know what? Two days is a long wait for some people. And so as they started building out more and more warehouses, they introduced this thing called Prime Now. And, and now within two hours, if you live close enough, and we certainly do, if you live close enough, if they have it in their warehouse, you can get it to your doorstep in two hours. It's incredible of what it is that we're able to do with this whole on-demand. And one of the new latest crazes is curbside pickup. See, curbside, it's so cool because you can just sit there at your home and you can just order it or on your phone before you leave work. And then you just drive over and you go to the curb and they bring it to you. I know some people, they look at that whole Amazon thing and they're just like, you're so lazy just being there and you just wait for it to come to you. And you're like, well, I'm not going to be lazy. I'm going to do a curbside pickup. I'm leaving my house. You know? And so you do. You, you go and you'll pick it up. And, and then, then we started seeing services like, like Uber Eats, or in, in our area, we even have this bring me that as a service where you can order food in our area and, and they will just bring that to you. You know, it, wouldn't it be cool when, when we finally get to that point, because I think it's coming, where you just get to pull out your phone and you get to order your favorite snack. And so mine, mine would be Krispy Kreme. And you just order what you want and you put your phone away and it knows based on your location, it knows exactly where you are in a drone. It'll just got to bring it right to you. And you don't even have to wait for it. And, and that day is coming. In fact, it is here right now for us at Crosspoint. Well, I don't know about us, but at least for me. Because I didn't order enough donuts for all of us. But yeah, we got to bring these donuts in. And so this day, it's, it's coming. And we love this whole idea of on demand. So you just get it on demand and it just comes to you so quickly. And I love this idea because I love me mm, some Krispy Kreme. Mm. I would eat more, 
but I don't have any milk. I forgot to order that. <laughs> On demand. And we do, we live at a time where we are so used to on demand, having things our way when we want them. How to swallow. (laughs) Here we go. And I believe that this is something that has shifted into the way that we think about God. That that, that we, we pray prayers. And what, we do, what do we do with our prayers? We, we make these demands. We, we demand of God what it is that we want and when we want it. And when it doesn't come, some of us get to this place where we go, I, I, I want to believe, but, but God let me down. I, I, I want to believe in God, but, but God let me down. So because God let me down, I can't, I can't, I can't believe. I, I want to believe, but. And I think that there are several different buts that cause people to be at a place where they go, I want to believe, but. And today we're going to talk very specifically about I want to believe, but God let me down. And I think that one of the ways that God lets us down is with our prayer life. Because because we pray these prayers and we don't see God answering our prayers with what it is that we ask. That, That people, they want to believe But when they demand from God, God doesn't deliver. God is a no-show. Or what does show up seems to be missing some pieces. Seems to be missing some of the parts that we were praying for that we wanted to be there. But prayer isn't a demand delivery device. It's not. But some of us treat it like this. That we pray, and our prayer is this demand delivery device. And some of us were like going, well, I don't know if I want to put it that way. I don't want to say that I'm demanding something of God. But instead, we just go, I'm just very persistent and insistent of what God needs to do, and I'm very disappointed when it doesn't happen. But see, really, it's the demand. That we demand it of God, and when God doesn't deliver favorably with what it is that we have asked of him, that we go, God, God let me down. That I want to believe, but God let me down. And so we need to look and see how, how, how is it that, that we get to pray? What is it that we do with our prayer life? And when we look at our prayer life, what right do we have to come into the presence of the one true holy God? What right do we have to come into his presence and make demands of him. Do we have to look what, what are our rights? What are our limitations? What are our boundaries when it comes to the issue of prayer? See, don't make the mistake of thinking that God exists for you. Because God doesn't exist for you. That we exist for him. That God created us and he created us for relationship with him. He does not exist for us. And I know some people will even say, God doesn't exist. Maybe you're here and you're here for the very first time. Or maybe you just go, I don't don't go to church anymore. I, I don't do church. And for some reason, you just found yourself here today. And you're going, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know about that whole God existing thing. And you're going, is it really because it's just this intellectual thing that you look at and you go, yeah, I don't see how there could be a God that could exist? 
Or for you, is it more of this thing that you look at and go, hey, I tried to believe in God. I wanted to, and I gave God a shot. I gave him a few different shots, and he just kept letting me down. Therefore, I don't think that there is a God that exists. So we're going to be looking at this and seeing how is it that we can believe in this God that sometimes lets us down. So I think even those of us that, that grew up in church, that there are people that grew up in church and grew up believing that, that no longer believe. And they, they look at this, they go, I, I just don't believe. And when they say they don't believe, when we talk about their not believing, I think it has to do with, with just different things that happened in their life. That they had a faith crisis and, and something happened. Or, or somebody did something to them and they were hurt and they were disappointed. And they couldn't believe that God didn't prevent that from happening. And they get to this point where they go, I, I just feel stuck. And if there was this God that loved me and cared, I wouldn't be stuck anymore. And so I want to believe. But God let me down and let me down. And let me down. I want to believe. But I just can't. I think that we have some, some difficulty. Because there's some people that they look at certain passages or certain verses in our Bible. And, and, and they want to define God. They want to put him in a box, define God, say, that's who God is based on a verse or based on a passage. And I think that that is a very dangerous thing to do when we limit who God is based on a single verse or a single passage. In fact, there's this passage in Matthew 18, verse 19. There's this passage here. And, and this passage is where you get this theology from some people and this theology, this belief about God that they have, that they call it name it and claim it. It says, name it and claim it theology. Hey, I'm just going to name it, and I'm going to say that's what it's going to be, and I'm going to claim it in Jesus' name because the Bible told me that that's what I could do. So you look at this, Matthew 18, verse 19. If two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. I mean, that, that sounds like a great verse. Maybe you're here and you're going, I've never been interested in memorizing scripture, but I'll take, I'll take that one. I, I, I can find somebody to agree with me. And if they don't, I'll bribe them into agreeing with me to where there's at least one other person and we're going to agree and we can ask this thing of God. And so based on this verse, he's got he's to come through. He's got to deliver. Because this is Jesus. He, Jesus said this. Listen, there are plenty of two people that agree on things, that are asking things of God that go directly against what God desires and wants. And so God's not going to answer that, but yet this verse, it says this, and see, listen, one verse theology will mislead you. You, you can't look at God's word and say, I'm gonna pick a verse and that's, that's who I'm gonna define God as based on that one thing. So we've got to take God's word as a whole. We've got to look at all of it. That if you're a Christ follower, if you're on a journey to trying to discover who God is, he's given us his word, the Old Testament, the New Testament, to know who he is. And we need to get in there. We need to read it. And it's not just to read through it once. It's to keep coming back to it. Keep letting God speak to you through it. That yes, we have to take God as his word, but we've got to take all of it 
together. And not just a verse here or a verse there. We've got to look at it all in context of its entirety. Because if we aren't careful, we will end up distorting God's word. And when we distort God's word, it'll give us a distorted view of who God is. Because we just take a verse or a passage and we take it out of context of the rest of Scripture. So we have to be careful here. There's another passage that deals with prayer. There's, there's many. But in John 15, verse 7, we get to look at this. And, and Jesus, again, he says, But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. That's a pretty cool verse, isn't it? You can ask anything you want, and it will be granted. To which some of you might go, see, that's what I'm talking about, Will. See, God, God let me down. Because I, I asked for what I want, and I, I didn't get. But we've got to look at this and say, okay, what all is being said here? First of all, it's an ask and not a demand. It's not that we don't get a demand of God. We just get an ask. It is a request. And when we look at this request, it's asked for anything you want. And so we can think about, hey, our want list. And for some people, the want list is, hey, I'm lonely. I am lonely. And I want friendship. I want companionship. Maybe it's on the romantic side, and maybe it's purely just on the friendship side. And you're just going, hey, that's what I want. That's what I'm praying for. I want that. Maybe you're at a place that you're going, you know what, financially, it's a, it's stressful. There's a lot of hardship right now. And you know what? For me, I, I, I feel burdened financially. And so what do I want? I, I want financial peace. And so that's what you're praying for. And that's what you're asking God for. God, would you bring financial peace into my household, into my finances? Maybe you're dealing with a health crisis. You or somebody very close to you. And, and what you're praying for is you're praying that there will be health restored. And that's that thing that, that you are asking for. And here we look at this, and Jesus said, hey, ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. But when you look at what Jesus said, it was a conditional clause. It started with if. A lot of people miss that part. And Jesus said, if you remain in me, connected to who I am and what I stand for and in strong relationship. If you remain in me and my words, what I'm teaching you, what I'm sharing with you, if that remains in you, you don't just kind of throw that away in one ear, out the other, and never let it get to your heart. If these take place, then you can ask anything you want and it will be granted to you. And, and I think that, that one of the big reasons of why this can take place and why Jesus is being as authentic and real and honest as possible is because when we remain in him and his words remain in us, the things that we want are the things that God wants for us. That, that our wants and our desires shift to what God's wants and desires for our lives would be. So I believe that it's absolutely true. 
And some people look at this and they're like going, uh, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know about that. And, and it just seems to be like uh, that's just kind of a little escape clause. Like, no, I, I don't think so. In our Old Testament, this guy named Isaiah, we're going to look at Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9. This guy named Isaiah, he's a prophet of God. He's a major prophet. There were minor ones that didn't do as much, and there were major ones. He was a major prophet. And, and, and Isaiah was somebody that, that God would speak to him, and then, and then Isaiah would be the voice of God, and he would speak to the people on God's behalf. And then he ended up having this memoir, this book of Isaiah, that we get to read what is it that God had said. And so this is one of those such occasions, and God said, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything that you could imagine. So God's ways, they they aren't anything like our ways. His thoughts aren't anything like our thoughts. Verse 9, for just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Until we grasp that God's ways are higher, His ways are bigger, His ways are truer, His ways are purer, until we grasp that, that that they are bigger, truer, purer than our ways, that we will be tempted to carry a chip on our shoulder about God. Because we're just going to be in touch with how God let us down. That we made the demands. Oh, I know, I know. Some of you guys aren't comfortable with that. I, I don't demand a God. You make these extreme pushes over and over and over and request, 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 and get angry with God when it doesn't happen. Is that better than demand? We do this. And some people get to this point where they go, I want to believe, but God let me down. And so I can't believe anymore. The Apostle Paul had, had led a bunch of people to, to understand who Christ is and begin a relationship with them. And he writes in this book of Romans, he's writing to these people that are believers. And he knows that, that they're struggling some with this whole idea. They go, I, I want to believe, but I'm, I'm doubting, I'm struggling. And so he writes this to them in Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 38. He says, I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. The the Apostle Paul, he he didn't communicate, he didn't write to them and say, hey, I'm kind of sort of thinking that maybe, just maybe, there there might be a way that that God's love is always going to stay connected to us. He says, I am convinced that nothing can separate us from the love of God, that God is always going to love us. He says, neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. That that, that, that if you're that person that, that you believe and you're in a relationship with God, death isn't something that separates you from him. Death is something that gets you closer to him. He says, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. Now, context is, who is he writing this to? He's writing this to believers. He says, no power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed 
in Christ Jesus, our Lord. We will never realize that God is all we need until God is all we have. That, that, that until we reach this point where, where we go, hey, God, God's all I've got. We, we get to this place where we go, hey, God's one of the things I need, and I, I, I need some relationship, and, 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 and I need a place to work, and, and we start having all, like, these are all these things. You will never realize that God is all you need until he is all you ever have. And some people have to go through a lot of difficulty to experience and understand that God is all they need. I think that if we were all honest here, I think we would all be able to say, God's let me down. I think every single one of us, if we were honest, it would be, yep, I, I know God has let me down. I, I'm being honest with you, and I can tell you God has let me down. But God never did anything wrong. God has stayed perfect, but yet God has let me down, which means I'm the imperfect one. And the things that I want from God aren't always things that I should want from him. And I think that all of us can relate to God has let us down. That we all know what it's like to feel disappointment, to be disappointed with God. But it's important to understand that he hasn't done anything wrong. He hasn't. And I know that that we get to this place where what we want is is we go, "I, I just want life to be fair. I think if we, were, if we were honest that we would say, yeah, I've felt that before. I've expressed that before. I've thought that before. Maybe even prayed that before. But I don't think you want life to be fair. And I don't think you want life to be fair to you. And the reason I don't think that you want life to be fair, especially to you, is because of this one thing that, that we've encountered probably every single one of us, that that we've encountered at multiple times in various ways. And that thing is a blessing. How many guys here would go, I've been blessed before? Yeah. That, That most would go, hey, I've been blessed. You know what a blessing is? Blessings are what is more than fair. Right? That, that, that when we're blessed, it's because we get something that's more than fair. And, and we love blessings. In fact, we'll even pray for blessings and ask God to bless us or ask God to bless somebody else that we care about. Because, see, we want the blessings. And so we, we don't want a life that's fair. We want a life that's blessed. Now, now, where we have problems with blessings is when somebody else gets the blessing that we wanted. When somebody else gets a blessing, that we look at them and we go, uh, they don't deserve that. And we go back to, well, that's not fair. Life should be fair. But we don't even want life to be fair to ourselves. That we want life to be more favorable than fair. And we want and we crave the blessings. And so sometimes... When God lets us down, 
He lets us down because we wanted the blessing that somebody else got. And we wanted something that was more than fair. And we didn't get it. That if you really want to believe God, not just believe in him, which that's good too. But if you really want to believe God, then you have to get to know him. Because getting to know him always supersedes knowing his plans. Knowing what it is that he's up to. And and being able to trust, even in difficult circumstances, that God is there. And he's there for us. So I just want to kind of wrap this up and share some things with you about when God lets you down. Because there are going to be times he's going to let you down. Again, he's not doing anything wrong, but God will let you down because of your expectations, because of my expectations. And so I just want to share with you a few things here. The first thing is hold loosely to your plans and desires. That when God lets you down, hold, not tightly, hold very loosely to your plans and your desires. Is there something that you might need to change? Because when you're more interested in, the, the, in God's, when you're more interested in your plans than you are in God's plans, it will cause you to doubt the goodness and the presence of God. So hold loosely to your plans and desires. Secondly is change your perspective. That when God lets you down, change your perspective. Don't define God by your circumstances. That God should never be defined by our circumstances. That as we get to know and understand God, we have to know him through his word. We won't always recognize what God is doing. We won't always be able to see that that God is up to something good. I heard years ago, when you can't trace his hand, when you can't see what God's up to, when you can't trace his hand, trust his heart. When when you can't trace his hand and see what he's doing, it's it's just, you're blind to it. Then trust his heart. God is always going to be more concerned with changing your heart than changing your circumstance. He created you to be in relationship with you. And he wants to be in relationship with you, even through the unexpected upsets in life. The last one, when God lets you down, spend time with him. This might be the hardest one. Because you want when God let me, I don't want to spend time with him. But when God lets you down, spend time with him. You can do that through spending time with him, through singing worship songs, where, where, where you're singing these things about who God is. That kind of reminds your heart at a time that your heart needs to be reminded of who God is. That, that we get to do this in the way that we get into God's word and we read scripture, we read the Bible to help us understand more of who he is. We do this and we spend time with him in the way that we would pray, that, that we would come and we'd commune with God in prayer. And, and don't make prayer just all about ask, 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 want, 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 demand, demand, demand. But make 
prayer, part of your praise time, where you just worship God, you just talk to him about his goodness and, and about his faithfulness to you. Let God know that, that you're going, God, I, I want to see your work in my life. I want to see your direction. I want to see what you have for me. Show me that. Give me eyes to see and a heart that desires what you desire for me. Instead of just always asking of what your wants and desires are. Of using prayer and asking God to put desires in you that match his desires for you. That if you want to believe and you have some buts, then this is going to be a great series for you. That maybe you know a coworker, maybe you know a neighbor, maybe you know a friend or a family member. That they are at a place that they just can't believe. They either no longer believe, they've been turned off by God, they've been turned off by the church. This would be a great time for you to invite them. Just let them know, listen, I know that you've kind of given up on God. I know you've kind of given up on church, but that this might be one time that it might be worth you at least giving it a try. Because we're going to be talking about, I want to believe, but. And what we're going to talk about this very next week is, is I want to believe, but I don't feel God's presence. I don't feel it. And how, how can I believe in something that, that I can't even feel? And so we're going to talk about that one next week. If you end up missing one of these, I cannot encourage you enough to either go to YouTube, check it out, get our podcast, but, but tune in because these are going to be some very valuable talks when it comes to being able to believe in God Almighty. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you that, that you are a God that, that you do reveal yourself and you do show yourself. And God, thank you for prayer and thank you for the way that, that we get to put our, our needs and our, our wants, even our desires, that we get to put them before you. But I pray that, that we would be able to grow enough as people in our faith that we wouldn't be demanders of you, that we would limit it to being requesters of you. And that we would trust your holiness and your goodness, that we would trust your timing and your ways. God, and we wouldn't be turned off because our desires are not what you answer. So I pray that you would grow faith that's already there. And God, if there's somebody that's just hearing this and they don't even have faith in you yet, I pray that this would help connect some dots of them understanding more about who you are. And God, your ways are higher. Your ways are bigger than our ways and that we could start with that understanding. Jesus, it's in your name we pray. Amen.